Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Discounting and pricing. So I'm going to switch screens and we're going to start an open discussion on is discounting good? I did have a question on my other slides, but I'll get rid of that screen. I'll stop sharing screen on that one. So uh, does everyone um, know everyone here? Um, let's go, I'll just go to participants here, make sure we'll unmute all. Uh, I'll just make, what's your name? Lance, let's make Lance a co-host. He's good at that sort of stuff. And then he can help me with the mutes and the mutes. Not very organized today. Maybe it's asleep. I can't even hit the right button. Share screen. Right, it's not as slick as a, um... okay, so now we've got that coming up. So how we do these meetings is we break it into four parts. And we first of all ask people's experiencing, experience on discounting and uh, pricing. And obvious question is, uh, are we getting paid for what we feel we're worth? Or are we pricing ourselves outside the market that we want to be in? Or are we too cheap? Or are we too expensive? And how do we show people the value of what we are selling beforehand? Any ideas? Well, I personally think that discounting is a form of subsidy. If you're giving one person a discount, then somebody somewhere else is paying more for it. Right. So you need so much money to run your business? That, uh, just jumping ahead of the game here, have you ever thought about working out what that grand total of is and say if you need $10,000 a month to run your business and then build that pricing structure backwards? Well, I, I've, I've worked personally in terms of ratio of how many dollars I have to earn in order to be able to spend one. So if I have to earn three to spend one, then that's obviously ratio I work, I work on. So if I want to go and spend $100 somewhere, I've actually had to earn, have to have earned $400 to have that hundred dollars to be able to spend, so. Right, yeah, so turnover versus money you can put in your pocket. But if you, I, I like to see it as a ratio, what's come in and what I can take out without compromising things, that's just how I work, so. I used to say every time I earned a dollar, I could spend 50 cents of it. I don't think yeah. that would be correct these days. <laughs> that's much the same thing, isn't it? You're saying it, uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one there, you know, you, you want a dollar, you have to get a dollar sort of thing. Yeah. Or two. So, um, does discounting work in every business? That's a key point that came out the other day, Danny, is that, uh, and David brought it up, discounting is very much dependent on your type and style of business. It works for some and not for others. Equally, the type of discounting in the form of, say, prompt payment, versus other forms of how you'd apply a discount depends on your type of business. There's not a one size fits all. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it comes back down to um, who your customers are and whether that's part of your customer market is discounting or not. Um, you know, in certain, certain industries and certain uh, <coughs> services, discounting is kind of part of the norm of that customer group where other ones it's not and um, <coughs> discounting can be applied within <coughs> business 
really should only apply if it's appropriate or it's going to give you the competitive advantage. So, uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted by um, Matt's comment there. Um, but if you were to summarise what you just said, so I can listen again, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm just, it's, in summary, it's down to your customers again. You know, the industry and your customers in the industry is discounting expected or not, or part of the industry. Mm. And if not, maybe it will give you a competitive advantage if you came in and did it. But generally, it's got to be down to whether it's part of the service or the customers, what the customers expect. A race to the bottom. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. can be. And that's, you know, you can see that in like, maybe the gym industry is a really good example I refer to where it's a race, they've been racing to the bottom. You know, every week now it's down to $5, $5 a month kind of thing to go to the gym. Mm. And then and someone else will come out and be two, and I know my, my brother is in the UK, he's, he's a, at 10 pounds a month. I had a, a, a client that used to have um, 1,500 <clears throat> rental cars and his competition used to rent them out at $20 a day. So he decided to rent them out at $10 a day. And what he did, he um, dedicated 300 cars at $10 a day. This is Brent Kilburn, if you know him. He's a car dealer in Auckland. And I said, how do you make money on that? He said, I don't. And he said, but um, the $10 a day actually pays for the um, interest on the loans I have against the vehicles. And he said, and on a spreadsheet, uh, over the last two and a half years, the average rental car hire was $37. So he used to use it as a loss leader. The people would ring him up and he'd say, look, I've only got 300 cars at that price. They're all out. The next best car is an economy car. And then he used to get talking to them and say to things like, what are you doing with the car? And they oh, we want to go on holiday. Well, you won't want to go on holiday with one of my $10 a day cars. They said, it'll be too small. So why don't you get something a bit nicer? And then their customer service used to kick in. Um, which is quite interesting. And the, the same guy once said to me that he um, he was going broke in a way and he, he'd put $25 million worth of, he bought $25 million worth of vehicles in a three-year period and he put them all into a spreadsheet and he worked out that the cars that only stayed on the lot for four or six weeks, he would only buy in that demographics of that vehicle. Uh, instead of buying the big four-wheel drive that would sit on the yard for three or four months, and take the real estate, and then he only bought in those demographics that were selling, and didn't get um, you know stayed focused. Other words, and it turned his whole. And he also had a warehouse where he'd stock up five hundred cars sitting there doing nothing. But by getting rid of the warehouse, changing the type of vehicles, and focusing on exactly the type of thing that would bring in the money, um, it really worked for him. Those <clears throat> that's like the coach, isn't it? Let's go, Penny. And um, in my business, because I'm. I go overseas and get my stock and I tend to, I buy a lot of stock at once and then sometimes, you know, if there's something that's um, just not working, then I'll definitely discount it and I'll do it on the spot with people as well. Um, if I know it's not moving, like I'll do, you buy that one and I'll give you the two for a, a better price and because I have quite a big margin yeah. on my stock, I can, I'm still making plenty of money anyway. I cut out the middleman anyway, so um, mm. it seems to work. For me, yep. Just getting on close. Well, well, you see, that's 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 the other side of the coin in some ways, isn't it? That if you have stock that sits, mm. it's not long before that starts costing you money. Yes. 
one of the reasons why Apple almost went under many years ago, because they simply had too much sitting in their inventory and almost crashed the company. So. Mm. And then there's some people at the moment asking for discounts. It's like, well, no, those are actually worth mm. what I'm charging and people are prepared to pay it. Kiwis just want a discount, don't they, though? They do. They expect it. I think. Called the warehouse mentality. I, I compare it to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I quite like the idea of asking what industries do or don't have to give a discount. And I, I do always go back to David's thing. If he works at an hourly rate, similar to me, um, if they are going to give a discount, quote your hourly rate and um, let them see the total price rather than the bill price. Uh, I quite like that idea. Anyway, ask got any experiences with giving discounts? Uh, does it work? I've got a mate that sells Garmin watches. He's got them in stock. Uh, he gets people ringing up asking if he'll price match, and he, he says no. And he, he always freaks out about it, and then gives them a great big long spill about how um, he doesn't buy in bulk, and they're selling them below cost. And I said, don't worry about it. They're ringing you up because they want to buy it from you. And uh, let them go into the shop and find out they have to wait two or three weeks for the product. And then when they want a new watch strap or whatever, they come back to you anyways. And then the next watch they buy, they probably won't bother going there. <laughs> They'll probably come straight to him because they know it's hassle-free and he's got it in stock. Yeah, it's hard when you're selling commodity-based items. Mm. Um, yeah. Because there's well, always going to be someone that's going to sell it cheaper than you, always. <laughs> Apple products are a great, great example of that. We don't buy on price, or well, we do, we, we buy on specs. Mm. And you look at the specifications. And then you find the cheapest one, and they're pretty much, you know, like I said last week, we have I think, the same lap. Well, you showed me a laptop like mine. Mm. One was selling for $2,000, and the other one was selling for $1,300, and the $1,300 one had higher specs, mm. <laughs> which is ironic, isn't it? But you know, with Apple products, you're pretty much guaranteed if it's got the specs, the quality is not going to be different. No. The other thing, too, I think, is, is you talked about price matching before. Um, as an example, I bought some toner cartridges yesterday and I was going to get them from PB Tech because they're quite a lot cheaper than the warehouse stationery. Well, I was in warehouse stationery anyway and it turns out they're happy to price match on the PB Tech prices. So pass really? that on. Anybody who wants that helps you at all? It's oh, right. Good for me. But then they, they were taking ages to deliver at one stage. I felt sorry for them. <laughs> they useless at delivery. Good. What, what people also don't understand too a lot of is like in the electronics area in particular, some of those guys are literally working on negative margins. And I know that sounds impossible, but they work on rebate systems. Oh. So, um, you know, when you go, oh, can you price match or can you get this LCD screen or whatever it is for, you know, $20 less than what PB Tech selling it. Most of them are selling it at wholesale and they rely on their um, wholesaler rebates every that would probably get paid quarterly. Mm. So there's this there's no margin in a lot of those products nowadays. Um, yeah, so you're either buying from a person or um, you know, just looking for the cheapest price. We're looking for one of those L LG screens at the moment and uh fourteen hundred and ten dollars on BB Tech. And Ingrid and Micro, I can't say it right. Their buy, uh, their wholesale rate is fifteen hundred dollars, and their recommended retail is eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so, yep. BB Tech are hundred dollars cheaper than wholesale. Um, mm, good topic. Oh, look at that! Discounting Dave Clarkson. That's a big speech, mate. Got to do something with the Macopia spare, spare time, Danny. Wonder why he's quiet. Look at that. 
Jesus. It's a novel. Discounting can be a strategy that can is used can inspire. Woo! I'll use it and then we might abbreviate it later. Well, Briscoe's is a good example. When are those guys not having a sale? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The definition of unlucky is buying something at Briscoe's not on sale. Unlucky <laughs> 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 or stupid. Yeah, or Kathmandu. Yeah. It's your biggest fear, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they, they have permanent loss leaders. <laughs> yeah. I know that person has bought something on a day when it's not on a sale. <laughs> they had to. Yeah. Um, well, let's relate this to our own business. So we're talking about pricing. Um, how do we price? Or how do we package things? I just read at Elite Six's um, price and I was talking about it earlier on, but I've decided that it's going to be better going forward for me to actually bundle my monthly rate into, have the same monthly rate, $59, but have it that they pay three monthly or yearly. And then I, I don't have, um, you know, because all the years I've been doing this, no one has ever paid uh, for a six monthly plan. It's always been three monthly or yearly uh, or monthly. So I thought for people going forward, I'll just make it um, three monthly and annually. And if they pay annually, I offer a month off or a discount on that side of it. But I'm just repackaging the same thing. It just looks, it doesn't even look, it looks cheaper now to me when I'm looking at it. <laughs> but it's just repackaged in a way that looks more maybe um, of value in a way. Um, just a question. This discussion actually came out from our one last week with our friends in Auckland there who um, were trying to sort out a problem with their, one of their clients. Can you let us know how that went in the end? Yeah, good stuff. Oh, yes. So I actually sent the customer an email and um, I just explained to him, uh, as everybody suggested, and he was actually quite understanding. Um, so I've actually got a meeting with him on Monday um, just to discuss the way forward. So he did understand and, um, yeah. All right, I was just watching you then, that's good. Yeah, he said, he said that it was a bit short notice, but I hadn't started working on his project yet. And when I spoke to him the previous week, I said, I will have a look at what needs to be done and come back to you with the price. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Even an estimation might be another solution as well. That's true. Well, we look forward to hearing how it went. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the best for that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Um, we're also finding it like very difficult because we're a services-based business. Um, we have a white label rate that we provide to partners, um, but on services-based businesses, like what can be like just a simple task can actually escalate to like multiple tasks um, where you like phoning suppliers, you're phoning like providers of solutions, um, getting additional support and all of that. So that's where we're finding it very difficult is how do you provide discounts on services-based you know, packages? And do you still stick to your hourly rate or, um, yeah, or do you escalate that to you know, account for these additional you know, costs that can you know, creep in? Like a consultation uh, fee of some sort, like how do you, because consultation and like I, I used to find that I used to be doing people's strategies for them and then they'll take that strategy away and go use some other person to do it. And then I thought, well, I'm not doing the strategy. And then they'll say, well, you write down what you're, you're proposing to do. And then by that time, and I'm going, no, I don't do that anymore. Um, so I'd go, and then that's when I'd go through to the testimonials and say, ask another client, 
who used me last and ask him why. Oh, wow. Well, okay. But, um, yeah, so that, that's a really good question. What you're saying there is, like, how do you charge for that time of, um, uh, yeah, acquisition time, is it? Yeah. Um, it's more analysis and fault yeah, finding. Yeah, it's analysis, fault finding. Um, sometimes somebody will come to you and say, look, I need my, uh, the Shopify app fixed or something's not quite working with my you know, website. And then um, we'll look at like using an app that which has been configured or, um, but you need to like do that pre-analysis in order to it's go back point. to the client with like a quotation yeah. for a piece of work. So, do you, do you run do service you contracts like support contracts? No, no, we don't have support either. contracts yet. Yeah, so, so a common way that we used to do it was that um, you would have uh, you'd establish your customer relationship, you'd have a support contract in place, and that would be a monthly retainer at a lower rate. And if they don't want to take that, then when they do come to look at it, you charge your full rate. Oh, okay. uh, and, and you might offer initial diagnosis as part of your service, yeah. but there's no fixing or anything. And then initial diagnosis is always maybe yeah, you spend like 30 minutes or 15 minutes having a look to kind of identify what it would be, and then you provide an estimated hour at your full rate. Okay. Now, yeah, I think that way, your... if they want to have your services on, on tap, which is what you ultimately want, then you're offering that at a slightly lower rate to try and encourage them. Yep. Okay. Okay. So um, just on that, um, so we're selling these services to our partner. Now, some of these clients or their clients don't have um, support contracts in place. So how do we kind of deal with it in that manner? <laughs> so you're selling it to someone who's then on selling it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And but you're providing the support to the end customer. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, so they like a lead in SEO, so they get all the inquiries from these like top e-commerce companies. Um, they're not technical; they only know how to do SEO, so they use us to do all the technical stuff. Um, so what we're finding is like an example like this week is they asked us to analyze why um, the purchase events of a Facebook advertising pixel was not reflecting the true amount. So that like involved like, quite a lot of analysis for us to come down to a problem that can be fixed. So um, who owns the customer? Sorry? Who owns the customer? They do. Well, therefore you should be billing them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's up to them to go and convince the customer to spend the money, but you should be billing them because yeah. they own the customer, not you. Yeah. You're a subcontractor in the story, basically, aren't you? Yeah. So the other catches, we do the analysis and quotes on the hours, and then they still try and knock us down. So instead of doing something in four hours, <laughs> can you do it in two? Uh, <laughs> yes. No, no, you can't. No. Yeah, I think we've got that one. That's there. Quite a tough um, one. Yeah, you you go to the computer, and the computer says no. It is I mean, one of the the most powerful things that I've ever learned that I learned in this whole entrepreneurial game and owning your own business game is actually learning to say no. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, so, it, it's so hard, but it's like, yeah. it's a lesson I think you, everyone, all of us have probably been through. And, but it's just so important to your business to learn to when to say no. And that yeah. could be no to a customer, it could be no to a contract, but it's also understanding 
why you need to say no yeah. for your business at times. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. It is. is that not saying no? Yeah. No, learning learning yeah. to say no. Yeah. Uh, not not saying no is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, it's learning yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Um, that's cool. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's an ongoing thing, though, isn't it? How to charge. I mean, yeah. I, I, I do go back to, is it always about price? I don't buy on price. I buy on convenience and lots of other things, but I'm not everyone. There's so many different variables, really. I mean, I went price... to, we went to a mall yesterday. Sorry, mate. We went to a mall yesterday, and we're walking around and looking at a mall thinking, what do we want to buy? You know, and I don't like, we looked at toasters. <laughs> so we go to toasters, there's all the brand names of toasters, and we're buying a toaster, and I said, we don't really need a new jug or a toaster. But then we went to BB Tech and the, straight away just walked across the aisle. It was $30 cheaper an item. So it wasn't price. We just didn't want to buy a toaster. But commercialism often gets you wound up, like when you're doing tangible items, it's, it's, you might look for a price like Prince said earlier on. You know, you can find a cheaper DeLonghi this or that you'll buy on price, but you won't necessarily um, buy on service. You'll sneak off to the cheapest store. But you don't want, with service industries, we don't do that. The answer to that is to stay away from malls. They're dreadful places. I know. <laughs> I mean, part of your customer matrix and when you're talking about what you're doing is you have to, you have to account for price in it. But you, it depends whether you put price up the list or down the list in terms of what you offer the customer. Like for, for us and, and I am the martial arts game, so I aim to provide... A Disney experience to our students when they come to our club. So we're trying to provide uh, something that's really unique, is fun, that they'll remember and they want to keep coming back. And we have a, a focus on things that are there, which are well above the price consideration. So when it comes to the conversation in the, with the customer in the customer's mind, we don't spend any time talking about price. We'd spend all our time talking about our other attributes, services, and values that we we hold dear, that the price becomes irrelevant. And we're by far not the cheapest for our type of, in our industry. We have, you know, we operate out of a council hall. We don't have our own place, yet we charge similar rates to uh, someone that would have their own place. But that's because price is not actually the driver for us. We, we, these are the values that we are selling and this is what you get. And by doing that, and if you can position your pricing, obviously, accordingly, uh, where you want to sit in the market, then price is not actually part of your conversation. Mm. And if you, if you want to chase the tire kickers that are looking for pricing, then, then that's your business model. But if you're not interested in them, then it comes back to that, say, well, don't think this is a good fit for you. Mm. Good topic in itself, um, mate. How do we handle those people that are hoping to get a discount? I find that people ask me in the first sort of uh, one or two questions about how much I charge. That's normally a pretty bad sign of our relationship going forward. Um, and so I normally give a ridiculous price quote to make them go away. And occasionally I've actually snapped on that price. So I've, it, it was like the dickhead tax. You can live with that, live with them for that, that amount. Um, but yeah, it's, it, as you say, I think it's learning. You've got to know your value. And I don't mean that necessarily in financial terms, but the, actually the value in terms of what um, service you're providing to your clients. And 
back yourself, know what you're worth. And if you're providing a solution to someone, it shouldn't really be that price sensitive. Um, mm. Otherwise, um, they're not really after the, they're not really valuing what you're doing. So it's just a, a route to misery. Mm. But you guys, I think you should be charging, uh, you know, you should be estimating on an hourly rate basis because technology is like you're, you're constantly going to go down rabbit holes and encounter new things. And I think it's, I would set the expectation it's an hourly rate mm. um, and you would hope it to be in a certain scope maybe, but um, I might you know, go from a minimum of 10 hours to a maximum of 20 hours or whatever um, and just set that because you can't hand on heart probably until you get to the site and understand what you're doing. You don't really know where it's going to take you so don't um yeah and if, if they're going to push you then walk away yep. mm-hmm. um remember to keep the notes coming through they're really handy for us um um solution is making an experience and uh knowing, knowing when to is that a solution known to when to walk away yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Old, old kenny had it <clears throat> old kenny had it you gotta know when to fold them where do those um where do those clients go that are pricing on shop because that uh, the clients that are shopping on price where do they go next well they go to the people that uh, see the uh that's where they want to play mm. and they see uh, a market for them and they offer that that service according to that price that they can they can get there's there's there's, there's room in the marketplace for chasing the, the price sensitive shoppers without a doubt as you can see with the warehouse and everyone else there is room out there for them mm. but it comes back to what's the service you're going to offer those people most of us are in the service industry aren't we yeah. it's, it's the old story isn't it if, if you if you uh, pay peanuts what you get's monkeys yeah end of story and uh, but one of the things is also about discounting is what's the unconscious discounting and that's the discounting we do because we don't review our prices. Now, very often, you people will leave their prices the same. And it, it in, in terms of inflation, very often, what you're in fact seeing is unconscious discounting. So one of the things that I would say is always watch where you are with your pricing, especially around that hourly pricing and what have you, which, which you have control over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back again, if I may, to our friends in Auckland. Yeah. You're, um, you, I was saying before, you're effectively subcontracting to that other firm. Do you yeah. have any idea as to how much he's on selling or she's on selling your services for? 100%. Yeah, it's, 100, yeah, it's 150 Australian dollars um, they charging per hour, and we're billing them New Zealand dollars. <laughs> So I don't actually yeah, so uh, we negotiated an hourly rate of I think it was eighty nine dollars yeah. per hour. Yeah. Right. Um, they kind of like negotiated that whatever we charged, um, they would have to charge one hundred percent on top of that. So the it's reasonable for a firm to charge another fifteen, perhaps twenty percent, but that's getting very high. Yeah. So you have room to move there. A lot of it. Yeah, I think we've quoted them probably about $80,000 worth in websites and quotes, and we haven't got any websites or e-commerce <laughs> stores from the them. Fixes yeah, they're because, giving us all um, the all the, the you know, fixes and things. So I don't actually know what's going on there. I really don't. Yeah, Maybe it's time to say no and walk away from that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, we've seen like communication, like in the emails that come our way, that um, a lot of the clients are like saying that they have their own web developers, but they don't know how to solve these like complex problems. Um, and so we go in and we develop anything from apps to finding new apps to, um, you know, just doing that analysis. And I think that's why they keep coming back to us with like all these like broken, you know, pieces of like, you know, in-betweens that like needs to be fixed. Why don't you just put your prices up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're definitely going to take the pricing off our website and like review that and then, um, I mean, how do you guys do it like for services? Do you actually publish prices or do you just wait for clients to come to you and then you have the conversation with them? It depends if you've got a, um, a replicable, if the service you're offering is, you know, time bound and content bound, but otherwise it's, it depends on, you've got the high complexity, the low complexity, the, the simple, and you can maybe base it at those different price points there. But I was actually saying, put your prices up. Mm. Um, because then um, one you're reflecting your true worth so know back yourself know what you're worth most I don't know many contractors who wouldn't be below wouldn't be more than a hundred bucks easily an hour mm. um, and put it you know back yourself and if you're the people who have the knowledge then they'll have to accept that and you arguably then if you put yourself at a, a fair rate then you could possibly consider discounting a small amount, but you're still in the right pitch. Don't, you know, they need you. And if you're only going to be beaten down the cost all the time, then eventually you're going to realize you're not making a living. Yeah. I liked, um, we had um, a travel agent on here a couple of three weeks ago, Vicky, and she was saying that whatever she charges on hourly rate, she didn't want to give a, a pay somebody commissions for selling her goods. So um, the travel agent, said why don't you just um give us your wholesale rate it can be the same as your retail rate but then they can sell that and put their mark up on top of it um, but she didn't need to change her price <laughs> was the point she so could say well to do a day tour is 800 dollars. my wholesale rate to a travel agent 800 dollars, and that travel agent could resell that package for 1300 dollars to somebody else um, but obviously when she mm. they go to her website and see that they paid $1,500 and got a $800 tour, it may be tricky. So that's where you, you'd have to, you know, label it to a different way. Mm. 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 I, I have a, um, a mm. question around um, pricing of the trips that we do into the Maldives and to Adu. And it's um, like it's an all-inclusive package. And... Um, so it's like it's it's six thousand dollars US, and it's just it's just some people think that's really expensive. Hi, but give me a minute, I Scott, and mute the screen I'm on. I got you, mate. Oh yeah, carry on. Sorry. Um, so it's six thousand dollars US. It's all inclusive from Sri Lanka back to Sri Lanka, and I guess it's just trying to convince people that um, that our trip is worth it. You know, we've got the knowledge on the ground. That's got the local people on the ground on board and. Should I be discounting this to get this um, this business off the ground, basically? Um, Did you say Sri Lanka? It, no, it's from Sri Lanka back to Sri Lanka. It's Adu is in the Maldives, 
Oh, right, because I've been to Sri Lanka, but I didn't know, know where the Maldives were. And I just suddenly had a heart attack feeling that I might have gone to the Maldives and not realised. No. <laughs> it's an hour and a quarter, an hour and a quarter's flight from Sri Lanka into oh, good uh, to know. Gan. Yeah. Um, so we just base it that we've got this, it's set up so that Sri Lanka is the meeting point. So anyone in the world can be on. It's a host trip, so anyone in the world can be there. And we meet in Sri Lanka, and then I host from, from there. Yeah. Um, so what's the benefit? Like what what the benefit. makes your trip different? My trip different is that um, I'm with the locals in the Maldives, um, that no one else can actually get this information because it's um, partners with somebody there, and that um, we have all that knowledge. We're hosted so that you're not wasting any time. You know, you go somewhere for seven nights and you might be thinking, oh, what are we going to do today? And you miss out on the trip because you've, you haven't sort of mucked, you've mucked around and the weather's turned or something, you know, things like that. Um, what else? Um, so you know, go back to what's, what's the why is why is the customer taking the trip to Maldives? What's what are they looking for? Oh, well, the, this trip to the Maldives is it's a local experience. It's the real Maldives. That's what. What does that actually, mean? What does that it's, mean? It means you're not going to a um, a resort at all where it's a sanitised, westernised experience. It means you're getting the culture and the local people. As so well as I'm being hosted. So as a traveller, I take yeah. this package because I want to have a uh, more of a, a local actual experience. Is that yep. what you're saying instead of a resort experience? Yes, yes. And you're you're supporting um, the local industry. You know the local fishermen, um, the local restaurants. Um, so and what do you provide? But what do you provide? As uh, I guess what I'm trying to get get through mm. here is. is yep what you're providing, if, if my intention as a traveller is to travel because I want to have a local cultural experience, yep. why should I book through you rather than just booking a plane ticket and backpacking? What am I, what's, my, what's the value proposition that you're taking your tour would actually give me on a local trip because I'm looking to experience the culture and support the local environment rather than just go on another resort holiday? You're not going to find all this information. Um, we can take to local. Or you're not going to find like we we'll go to local families to have local meals. We'll take you to little secret spots like uh, um, an uninhabited island that only we use, and so there's nobody else is using it. Um, have you done tours already? Have you done this before? I've, I've been there. I've I've been there to put the package together, and um, yeah. there was a few people were interested this year, but. Obviously, we're not going anywhere. So, so then the key the thing around your your package mm -hmm. is is around those the USB the unique selling points of them and what your 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 package actually entails. You know what is it? It's about the fact that you'll provide a unique experience yep. where you get to interact directly with the locals and yep. see um, unique uh, cultural. Uh, things yep. of way off the beaten track that are not really accessible and all these kind of it's it's those unique points which yep. will then make your package appeal to whatever people there are that mm -hmm. you're trying to trying to attract, attract in that yep. space. Yep. You, yep. Need, you need to identify those unique selling points and really bring them out mm -hmm. as that's what your why your package is 
this and don't and yes this is a price but look at what you're going to get you're going to get this once in a lifetime experience to sit and have dinner with uh, the locals in this area and experience their, their special culture and things like that so therefore mm-hmm. you don't you don't care about like the price like when i went to india one of the, the things i paid a lot more for was because i wanted to experience a unique traditional indian dinner mm-hmm. and so then this restaurant was i mean crazy prices according to other restaurants in india but i got this unique experience of uh sitting and eating traditionally yeah yeah and that is worth whatever i, I had think- to pay we, we went on a cruise yeah. ship and it had like 3,000 people on it. And then we, um, James went on a, a another trip on a boat and it had 35 people on it. Uh, but he got paid more for the 35 mm. quite happily than he did the 3,000 people on the ship because it was a unique experience. Yeah. You know, and so also it was guaranteed this and it was guaranteed you wouldn't have that and all that sort of stuff. So in some ways, Penny, if I may, you're almost yep. sort of saying I can offer you more and I'm going to offer it at a lower price. I don't want to offer it at a lower price. I don't want exactly. to. I, I, I really don't. And, um, you know, one of the other things we do is we go out, to this, um, we go out to this island and we take a picnic and the chef's on the boat. So when I went, they take um, the chef and there was three guys and me and there's the picnic tables. They set it all up. They cook me lunch. And while I'm cooking my lunch, I was taking out snorkeling and it's like, I'd been snorkeling in the Maldives, but this was just the best. You know, it's just those experiences and just that personal touch. I don't think I don't believe price has got nothing to do with it. I think it's just, okay. I, I honestly don't. I mean, I've traveled tons. Uh, yeah. I, I like independent travel and yeah. I, I like going to third world countries because it doesn't cost me much. But every time yeah. I come in, I feel like I'm so glad to be back and kiss the, the ground on the air, <laughs> which I have literally done. However, as I get older and I get more money, then I'm thinking of doing more uh, of those, uh, you know, those uh, tour packages. Mm-hmm. And I think my sales point would be looking for a unique package that is yep. different. And having a point of difference comes at a price. So my yes. expectations would be, you know, and we met people on cruise ships who have done 1,100 days of cruising. Mm. And they love it, you know. So, mm. And I don't think they're looking at the dollar. They're just looking for what they, they're just, you know, Hey, we'll just um, carry on with the topics. Um, remember to keep them coming with um, solutions, um, experiences. Are we getting anywhere with this? So, uh, um, okay, is it all about price? Are we having problems selling our services? Has anyone got a problem selling what they do? Um, had, uh, well, Clint's talking. He, he sold 10 desks the other day, <laughs> um, which is really awesome. Um, but the person that bought it looked around on his website for four days and then clicked the button and bought 10 chairs for $8,500. And uh, that's an interesting scenario. Why did they buy of him versus somebody else? You know, it could have been the lovely website that I did for him. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. But, I mean, what did we buy on? Like, who's struggling to sell their services? I mean, I know um, Nigel's been putting together a... Uh, not a shed. What do you call that, Nodge? Uh, for work, people working at home. Yeah, a high-end home office. Right. So how how are you going to market that? Is it on price or is it on what you do? At the end of the day, you're putting an office at home on somebody's backyard. No, we're not going to market it on price. I don't think. I'm still working with 
excuse me, with Clinton on this, I'm, and I'm waiting on prices, but the more I think about it, it's more about the space itself and what you can do with it. So it's not the little building, it's the space inside and how useful it is to you. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. I'm not sure to do. I'm not sure to do with uh, what to do with the don't discount unique in the chat box. So I presume that goes there, doesn't hey. it? Yeah, that's the solution. Yeah. Don't discount. Yeah. Be unique. Well, if, if you are unique, then you don't need to discount because it can't go anywhere else. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good that's point. Quite, that's cool. I mean, that's similar to your shop, isn't it, Penny? In a way, you what yeah. you're selling is one of a kind. Yeah. They like that. Then, what's the other alternative? Go to the next shop and find. Well, they can't <laughs> find it. They, if some of it I've designed, they're not going to find it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a niche, isn't it? Mm, it is. Find, find and I guess that. Yeah, that flows into the Maldives as well. It's a niche and it's a one of a kind trip. Yeah. So, are you trying to be a travel guide? Am I trying to be? I am a travel guide. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yes. you're, you're a tour company. <laughs> You're just um, the experience in the culture of that country. Yes, yeah, so, and I'm working with a, a travel agent up in Motueka on it. With um, he's taken me on board. So, yeah. Um, and we uh, well, there was lots of things supposed to be happening this year, but <laughs> it happened. Yes. Uh, uh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to pick on Chris again. Um, Chris has got a unique business that we're trying to market to people. Uh, called Box Hit, and he is charging $20 a month for people to come along to an online course. And um, it didn't seem to make any difference whether you gave it away or you charged for it. It's still something uh, hard to f put in front of the right audience. You know, but I don't know. I mean, uh, how do you sell? Some things, what I'm getting at, not putting on you, Chris, but it, it's some things, it doesn't matter if you give them away or you charge, it doesn't seem to make any difference. Some things are just hard to find that audience that wants to buy your product. No, I, no it's a, and it's a work in progress here, but it's because I've not found the value proposition that connects to the customer. That's why. While it's, while it's something that's, that I see as value works and I've seen it work and it's there, there's something in the positioning of, what is there that is not conveying the value to make people connect and want to purchase. Mm. And so I'd have to identify what that is or to say it's too hard to identify that and move on. Yeah. I do a little spin on that one. And I'd say um, sometimes you've got to describe the absence of your product or service. So without engaging you, what would that look like? Mm. So is it if something would take longer uh, something's likely to like to make more mistakes. It's if you describe the app, you know, without engaging you. Like consultancy. Consultancy is all about someone who can analyze situations objectively, who aren't sort of in, totally invested in their business, so he can see uh, objectively. People could probably uh, have made heaps of mistakes in the past themselves, so know how to avoid them. You're buying knowledge, you're buying time, you're buying um, getting a higher likelihood of success. So that's how I flip when people say to me, you know, why would I work with you? Well, it's getting somewhere faster, quicker, uh, and more, and hopefully safer. Um, so you can do it in your own, or you can engage someone. 
Yeah. Uh, Stephen, just with the wee word, where does that go? <laughs> uh, no, you got no sound. I see. Ah, no earphones today. Let's call them names. Stevens. Uh, <laughs> let's call Steve names. You can't sit. I know. You can't hear us. <laughs> you can't speak and call them names. Uh, yeah. Exercise. <laughs> Yeah. What have we got for time? 20 past 10, we've got 10 minutes left. Um, where did we go with this topic today, guys? Did it go where we thought it was going to go? <sighs> Do we feel like, I don't know, oh, I don't know. I don't, well, what I've got out of it so far, I don't believe it's about price. I never really have, actually. It's, um, I think you can underprice yourself to the point where you can't do your job properly, and then it reflects on your whatever. So sometimes your price is what it is. You know, so um, we can't discount because, you know, oh, no, I know what we need to talk about. What's that triangle that you have? And it's a discount triangle. I've forgotten what they are. You can't, Matt will know it, but it's, you can't have cheap, fast service and quality. You have to take one of them out. There's a name for the triangle. You can, you can have any two, basically, but you can't have all three. Right. What is that? Yeah. Well, you can have you can have all three, but if you change a dimension, then it then it falls apart. So, if somebody um, you price a job at the right price, the right content, and the right time frame, if a client pushes back and says, "I want that faster," okay, well, you're going to have to pay more. If you they want, I don't want that feature, okay, we can pay less. Or you know, and so this those three dimensions, which is the spec of the product or service, the cost yeah. and the time frame. If you change one of those above beyond what you quoted for, there's always be a, a knock on. Well, that's when you get into variations down the track. You know, they asked for an apple and now they want a pear. Therefore, you have to say, hey, this is no longer an apple and I need to change your charge you for a pair. Yeah. It's also part that you need to analyze the, the market customer expectation. Because in certain industries, the expectation of the customer can be excessively high, but they, the pricing doesn't justify the expectation at all. And the other, it can be the other way as well. Uh, so you need to understand what's the, like you're saying, Matt, what's the actual expectation of the customer and then price according to that expectation. That if they want the, because we used to see um, people would come and say, oh, I want a mobile app and I want it, I want it to do this, that, and I want, I've found this one that's by, um, say Microsoft or someone big company and it's so simple to use and it's it's can it, it does all this amazing stuff can we build this and it's like well yes you can absolutely we can build that and that's going to be three hundred thousand dollars and they're like that's ridiculous it's so simple and it's like the reason it's simple is because they've actually spent two three five hundred thousand dollars on building that mobile app mm. to roll it out what you're asking for that's what's involved if you want to do that. If you want to scale that back, your expectations down, then we can fit something more within your budget now and you can build towards that. Mm. But they, you have to manage that customer expectation to fit within what your pricing is. Mint, Mint Design comes to mind. They were asked to um, develop an app for, I think, Goldban or Blue Star Taxi that was the same as Uber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a budget of, I think, 30000 Yeah. They said we can't do anything for fifty thousand, you know. 
but you know, <laughs> we're Uberers, don't we? So, um, I just I just wanted some more problems with discounting. Uh, if anyone wants to ping a few of them in the chat, wouldn't it be good? Well, it can sour relationship as I think discounting if if you're if you're really 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 pushed, then um, you can sour the relationship from the get go, yeah. and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think that the problem is if, if you set a discount initially, then there's an expectation from that customer that that's going to carry on, isn't there? Yeah. So you you've effectively undercut yourself in the process. And yeah, and also, Matt, I think one of the problems is is that you know you you've got to be careful because if you dis say if you're in the services area in particular and you discount for one customer and another one of your customers hears about it, they'll end up being aggrieved. That's a really good one. <laughs> and uh, and and either dump you or or say, well, I want a cheaper price, and then you. Which going back to Gillian Stephan's questions earlier, uh, don't put your prices on your website. That's right. Yeah. Because you will have to, the reality is you will at times selectively different price pricing to different clients depending on lots of dimensions. So yeah. Yeah. When I was doing that, though. Yeah. When I was doing. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I do put some packages up there sometimes. I think that's how. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Uh, no, we're not. When I was more actively engaged in the professional speaking than I am now, rather than just training, um, I used to have prices on my website for the various services that I offered. Um, but uh, again, if I wanted to discount any of the things that I was doing, and I didn't do it very often, um, I would go back to what Danny's already said. You know, uh, always on the invoices showed my standard price, and then the discount um, below it. Normally with the, just a very brief explanation of what the discount was for. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, one, of the other, one of the other things, and this is going back to services as well, um, especially when I um, do, a, say, a keynote for a, for a conference or something, very often what they, people would come back and say, well, you know, hey, uh, our budget for this is such and such and so and so. And very often I'd go back to them and say, well, I appreciate that, but how about I threw some extra training in uh, that would normally cost you, say, 1500 bucks, but I'll do it for 750 and keep my original price for the, for the, the keynote and then give them that extra value at a discounted price because I was already going to be at the conference anyway. I'd incurred all the costs, so it didn't make it. It was an opportunity for me to, to generate some more income. So that's just a way around it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's like when you're selling an online course, if you get three people, then you all of a sudden get six people. Um, it's a win win. That's a, absolutely. It's like we're trying to get um, Vicky to arrange a wine tour. Uh, for us so we could go on a wine tour and she sort of well, how many people and I go I don't know um, so we was trying to say well um, I said I'm doing it as an experiment Vicky uh, um, she said well I'll have to hire a vehicle because um, so we can get 10 people and then we can keep the cost around 100 bucks and I said well why don't you just base it on your vehicle that can take six people how much do we need for you to run your van around for a day and drop us all home um, 
you know, and then break that into six. Isn't that how it works? And then we'll just sell it as six. And the first six people that buy it get in and the rest miss out. And if we all of a sudden get 15 other people who want to do it, then maybe we can re-look at it and restructure it, you know, in a way. You know, because she was trying to give me lots of value. And I said, well, so she's come back and said, well, 100 bucks each. It's great. All right. Now we've got something to sell. $100 each person. Go out for a day. We might finish up in Hamden Springs uh, for lunch. And we'll stop at a couple of pubs and have a few drinks. But we get a day out for 100 bucks. We'll not have to worry about driving. But, you know, it was quite awkward for her to actually come up with a price. And I couldn't figure out why because she's a travel agent. <laughs> well, she runs a tour company, you know. But um, she was, it seemed like it was just getting more and more complicated. But at the end of the day, the value to me was I'm thinking around about 100 bucks. If it's 120, if it's 80 bucks, it doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. I think sometimes you can, when people ask me for a discount, I, I don't give them a discount as such, but I'll say, well, what do you want me to not do? So I say, this is the price for doing this. If you want, if your price point is that, then I'll, I'll not do that piece or I'll not do that piece. So it makes them realize, one, you're, you're sticking to your guns and you know what you've charged. You can always take stuff out of the spec. Um, but yeah, I think the parents saying no, as we've said a few times, is really valid, but justify it. You can say, well, why would I, why would I give, take money off? What, I've given you a fair price. It's, it is what it is. Um, in respects of time, I didn't realize it was 9.20, uh, whatever, 10.29. Um, just a couple of takeaways, if you put them in the windows, and just thinking of a topic that we can discuss next week, if that makes sense. Um, um, what could we make next week's topic? Pricing, discounting, packages. Um, so takeaways. Defining customers' expectations. Uh, that's topic for next week, sorry. I'd forgotten. Uh, expectations. Okay, we can do We'll put it there for now. Boom. Um, saying no is a takeaway. No no is really good. I've got uh, a thing. I used to have a paperless office, <laughs> and on the wall, I had my top 10 time wasters, and they're brilliant. And one of them was the inability to be able to say no. Um, meetings, which I want you guys to ignore. <laughs> I used to always sit there on the phone thinking, I'm talking to this guy for another hour, another day, and I used to look at my 10 top time wasters on the board, and I used to go through them while I'm talking on there. And it used to be brilliant. I'll have to bring it out, you see. Um, you see uh, uh, top 10 time, I'll see if I can find it, because it's um, it is a bit of a laugh, but I mean, when you look at it, uh, in a way, oh, here they are. I'll put them here. I've got if I can get them off my screen. Um, shifting priorities, interruptions, the telephone, messy desks, looking for things, no clear goals, poor delegation, the inability to say no, procrastination, poor planning, and meetings, which is one we're going to get rid of. But they were the. <laughs> the um, I've had them. I've had them with me for f probably fifteen years at least. Um, I'm just going to post them here. But that's kind of. I think that's actually a real good thing when trying to be. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but um, just chuck them in there for now. But I'm sure there's a couple of them there that you will look at and go, "Oh my god, I do that every day." <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, defining customers' expectations. Does that sound good for next week? Yep. Good. Mm. Let's make yeah, that a topic. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and any, I've got a few takeaways here. Look before you leap. Uh, look before you leap. What do you mean by that, Dave? Really take a good hard look before you decide on doing discounting. Yep. All right. And uh, and I, there is an old saying which we haven't discussed actually is if you look at it, the accounting side of um, yep. discounting, that is actually taking it straight off your profit line. That's right. It goes, you're right. It's literally all right off your bottom line. Yep. Yeah. So it's actually giving the customer a discount, but he's taking your profit out of it too. Uh, uh, thanks, but not lots. Considering saying, is that your takeaway, Stephen? I know you're nodding. Are you nodding? Have I used that as your takeaway? Oh, he's got earphones in there. All right, guys. Hey, I don't want to tie up too much. I'm trying to keep these meetings on time. So uh, I really appreciate your time today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Remember that we've got go. um, the face-to-face -face meeting in Eddington. Genius co-working, love to see you. I've got a few more people coming along now, so we had a really good meeting on Wednesday. And obviously, we're running that as a zoom meeting at the same time and we've got a 7 30 and a 9 30 zoom meeting one thursday 9 30 and the other one this morning at 7 30 which three of us were there so i'm not wondering if there's a need for that um but thanks very much for coming along feel free to stay around and have a chat afterwards if you like but i will stop the recording